Welcome to the Spiritual Life Management Podcast, where we help you bring balance in your life and live to your fullest potential with your host, Gretchen Smith. Today, we are going to discuss tools for parents that can assist in fulfilling a child's spiritual journey. My guest is Michelle Henderson. She's a multi-gifted, multi-talented, fascinating individual that has always chosen a career that has helped others heal in different situations. Michelle has a master's in education. She's worked in education as a teacher, educational diagnostician, and a behavioral analyst for 30 years. While teaching children with autism, she wrote a book titled A Three-Element Social Skill Program, Instruction, Drama, and Technology. In 2006, she opened a nonprofit organization teaching children social skills through drama techniques. Michelle is also a medium, and as Michelle embraced her spiritual growth, she was able to use these skills to help special needs families. With the knowledge she's obtained through her lifelong work with children, she became passionate about helping intuitive children embrace their gifts. Michelle is also known for her powerful gift of spirit art. She will draw the image of your loved one during your medium reading with her. She also creates colorful and specific orograph storyboards in her psychic readings. Welcome, Michelle. Well, thank you so much. I'm so happy to have you here today. I really want to dive into this subject of fulfilling a spiritual child's spiritual journey. It's often overlooked, so I'm really excited to dive into that. But first, is there anything that you feel that you should share with the listeners that I left out in your bio? I don't believe so. I think you did a fantastic job and I appreciate the introduction and I am so excited uh, to be on your show today. Well, thank you. I'm so happy to have you here. I, You know, I just love the diversity in your background and how it's just seemingly all tied together. Can you expand Oh, absolutely. And you know, it's interesting you say that because my husband, when I'd say, I'm not going back to college, I am done. He's going, I'm going to see it when I see it. (laughs) So, so, but yeah, so I just felt like I was guided and I used that psychic gift that, you know, that gut feeling when you knew that you needed to do something. And so it all started just with teaching and education. And then when I felt like I was called to do something else, I'd say, okay, Lane, my husband, (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. time for me to do something different. But it's interesting how spirit um, or the divine kind of gets you in that stepping stones of where you are going to be in your life. And I feel like everything I did, it all came down to this. And it's like, oh, now I know why I did that. Um, But in the meantime, I did burn myself out. And during COVID is whenever I really felt like I I had that calling as a psychic medium. And that's when I started writing the book about the psychic children, because I felt like, you know, that's that's been my life uh, journey is getting to know children and working with parents. And it just all led to this. Right. So you have a new book. It's Spiritual Nurturing for Intuitive Children, and it's training parents to embrace and enhance their psychic child's abilities. 
Yes. And and whenever I thought about the book, it's all it's very interesting. It's like I knew what needed to be in there. Now, when I worked with children with autism as a behavior analyst, I did uh, complete parent training. And so it just that little piece of the puzzle really helped me. And I had talked to so many psychic mediums who talked about their childhood in the same way I did. And they said, you know what? I was not supported as a child, whenever I would talk to spirit, or I tried to use that that psychic ability, my parents would shut it down. They would be afraid of it. Or, you know, then I became afraid of it. So I talked to so many people that had the same journey. And so that was the goal of the book is to really educate others. It's not a scary thing. Whenever a child starts uh, lifting, you know, uh, communicating with spirit, and using their psychic abilities, it's actually a beautiful thing. Right. Well, I know I definitely think so. And I would completely agree that, you know, people that I've spoken with that were spiritual and gifted as children and went on to further use that in their adult life, same thing. They were shut down. And it's such a beautiful gift. So I'm so happy that you wrote about this. And now we have some tools to work with. Oh, yeah, certainly hope so. <laughs> and the, the educator in me just came out and I just knew what exercises needed to be in the book for the parents to use with their child. And it's just education and knowledge is just tools. You know, they're the key to accepting anything of the unknown. Right. So first of all, are all children born with spiritual gifts? Absolutely. And I I was actually watching a show and it, it just shed more light on it. So whenever we're born, we just left heaven. We just left the spiritual world. So children are, are so spiritual that are trying to live in, you know, a human body. And so, yes, so all children are born with being in tuned and being able to connect with the other side. And I think as they get older, you know, society, like we said, tends to shut it down a little bit. But everybody has different techniques and strengths, you know, that they use. So not everybody has the same, same spiritual gift. So just like anybody else, we have our own talents. Right. So all children are born with these spiritual gifts, but how does an adult or um, someone else in the family identify that the child is tapping into these intuitive uh, gifts, if you will? Oh, right. So a lot of the younger children will tend to, you know, have an imaginary friend and they're talking to someone or they connect with a deceased grandfather or somebody who has died in the family. And they can pretty much tell the details and children are very visual so they can actually see who they're talking to. So they can get the visuals of who they're talking to, what they looked like, how they were when they lived. And a lot of times they'll give mom and Add a message. And and then, you know, the, then we look at the other side that some children can feel the um, the energy around them, especially at night, and they become afraid of it because it's so overwhelming sometimes and they don't know exactly what is happening or going on. And so sometimes they don't sleep as well and they want somebody to be in the room with them just because they don't feel like they're alone. So you've got so many different things that could go on that could alert the parents, hey, there's something spiritual going on here. Interesting. Okay. So those are some signs to look out for then if they have the imaginary friends, if they're talking about seeing loved ones that have passed away or they're feeling 
energies or they're afraid to go to bed at night. Yes. And then sometimes they'll be very empathetic. So a lot of times, and this happened to me as well, so I experienced this. So I would go to school and would feel the other feelings of my friends in my classroom. And I would come home exhausted, not understanding, hey, why am I feeling sad when I don't feel sad, but I'm picking up the sad energy. And so a lot of times children will come home exhausted just because they've been feeling all of uh, other people's feelings. And again, they don't really know how to deal with it. So, so a lot of times if your child comes home from school and needs to be isolated, now I'm not talking about teenagers who choose to be in the rooms. Right, right. <laughs> I'm, talk- <laughs> I'm talking about these kids that really need to be isolated so that they can get all that energy away from them. Right. Okay. And should we encourage the children then if they are talking about imaginary friends or seeing a loved one? Should we have them expand upon that? Or how do we encourage the development in that area? And that is a very good question. The first thing that you need to do as a parent is listen to your child, really listen to them, because what they're going to feel if you become afraid, they're going to become afraid. So just really listen to them and figure out what's going on from them. And if they don't want to talk about it, you know, don't force the issue. But a lot of times, you know, you can like be playing with them or color with them or something to kind of get their mind off of it. And then you can start asking questions about that. And then if they, you know, if they're not for sure what to do, uh, parents can always contact a psychic medium or some other light worker that is in the business and say, what do I need to do from here? But the number one thing is to listen to your child to see how you can help them feel good about it. And if it's, you know, if it's something scary to them and they don't want to talk to spirit, that's a whole different um, aspect that you need to look at as well, um, where we have to put boundaries up for the child. And a lot of times the parents can say, you know what, this is like, When a child, you know, when a friend comes over and you don't want to play with them, tell the spirit you do not want to play with them and say, you know, or talk with them and say, I am done for now. I need my time. I'm going to control whenever I talk to you so that they feel like they are in control. So that is so important is that control issue. Right. You know, and this has me reflecting upon my daughter when she was little. She didn't have an imaginary friend, but she had what we called baby goat. So she had a little (laughs) goat friend. (laughs) Oh, well, oh, that's awesome. And they can, they can actually come in different forms so that the child, you know, feels comfortable in that aspect. So maybe your child felt comfortable around a goat. Right. Yes. Yes. So I, I wasn't sure if that was a spirit animal or a spirit guide, or if that's just a friend. Yes. Well, and, and how old was she at the time? Oh, she was probably three, four, five. She had, yes. she had baby goat for quite a while. <laughs> oh, and that's, and you know, that is really awesome. And when they do that, and it could be, you know, absolutely right what you said, it could be an animal spirit, but they come whenever the child really needs them. There's always a reason for them to be there. And that brings them security. Another thing, whenever a child does connect with an imaginary friend, or like you said, for your child a goat, they are connecting in, you know, that other realm. And so now how did you handle it? I'm just curious, did you just allow her to do it? Or did you talk to the goat? Or how did you handle it as a parent? We allowed her to do it. Uh, We talked about it often. Um, 
just like it was there. We we acted as if it was really there. And that's that is the thing to do as well. Um, I think that's totally awesome, you know, because that way you're supporting her, not only her imagination as well, but again, that was something that she needed at the time, probably that security. Um, and so that spirit came in and my husband actually, I think it was one of those Bernstein bears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he had an imaginary friend as well. And it was a bear that came to him. And, um, and he said, oh yeah, he was always around. He made me feel comfortable. We played together. You know, I thought, oh, well, how cool is that? Right. Which leads me on to the next question is, you know, when parents realize they have a, a child with these special gifts, which, you know, all of them do, but when they really realize that, um, what are some of the most common questions that parents can ask when they realize they have an intuitive child at home? Okay, so are you are you asking me if to ask the child or ask what to do? Great question. So yeah. <laughs> how about both? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So what they really need to pull from the child is okay. Tell me what 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 are you seeing? Um, how is this making you feel? Because a lot of times children will not be able to express their feelings, especially at a young age. They might be thinking it's really cool, or it might be scaring a lo- them a little bit. And then kind of you know tell them some things that they can do. Um, I always love to teach children whenever they get anxious about it or spirit comes into the room, you can teach them different techniques to relax and like breathing techniques or meditation or yoga will also help. But just really getting the child to draw and color what's going on, communicate with you and then ask them the number one thing. Do you want this? Should we continue this or do you want to, you know, just tell them to wait for a while just so that you know how to support your child? Now, if you, if parents are seeking out what they need to do um, with a light worker or a psychic medium and they say, OK, I think my child is intuitive. Tell tell them why you think your child is intuitive. What are they dealing with? Is it infecting your child's life in any way? Are they being made fun at school? You know, little things like that. It is, it's really important for the light worker to know. And then the light worker can, you know, give you tools of the trade. What can I do to help my child? And um, again, like the meditation or drawing what you're seeing or telling stories or even using puppets, you know, a child can explain what's going on through imagination, through puppet talking. (laughs) And that's always fun. Right. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like a great idea. Well, thank you for that. Those are just some great ideas. Thank you for sharing. Oh, absolutely. Now, is there an age that is best to start working with the children to enhance their gifts or does it just depend on the situation? Both. It depends on the situation and it it really, they can be young and just helping them support their gifts when they're at a young age, when they say, hey, I have an imaginary friend, like you said, support them and listen to them and everything else. As they get older, depending on their developmental age, then you can start kind of working in more intuitive lessons and and really getting them to talk to spirit, you know, like a conversation, what questions to ask spirit, you know, and how to read others. Because like a 16-year-old, if they are ready and they've really um, been able to work with their psychic abilities, they can actually work as a psychic. 
Mm-hmm. So it just really depends on where they are. Um, Sarah Wiseman has a wonderful book out that talks about the developmental ages of a ch- psychic child and what exercises you can do for them because you wouldn't do the same type of exercise for a 10-year-old as you would for a three-year-old. Right. So, yeah, so you really have to look at the the different level of where they are and what they can handle. Uh, for a real young child who is connecting with grandfather, they may not be mature enough to really understand what's going on. So, and spirit knows this, a lot of times they only talk to the child about what the child can handle because you don't want a young child saying, well, grandpa, how did you die? You know, right. little things like that, a child may not be able to handle where a 16 year old may be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. And what do you feel are some of the pros as far as teaching your child and working with them to enhance their spiritual gifts versus some of the cons, if there are any? So if we choose not to develop that or we shut it down? I think it's more pros than cons because a lot of times this is because I know whenever I got it shut down, that was a part of me that I was shutting down. And so I just didn't feel like I was showing people who my unique self was. And and another thing I think we need to also add into not only our gifts, but also spirituality. We need to know that there's a higher power that all of this is coming from. And people can be religious with this as well as spiritual. But I just feel like there's more pros with it um, because... I know when I came out and I let people know who I truly was as a psychic medium, you know, it was funny. A lot of people go, oh, I'm not surprised. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't surprise me at all. (laughs) Isn't that funny? (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I even, um, my, uh, I got to tell you this story real quick. Whenever I first came out, it was right before COVID. And I was on Facebook Live and I I had a business page. And this was the first time I've gone Facebook Live before. And I was talking about why I'm coming out as a psychic medium and really. And then I started seeing names pop up and I'm going, wait a minute. They're not on my business page. I was actually on my personal page. (laughs) (laughs) And, And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what, you know, that fear came in me because, you know, I was vulnerable and I thought, you know what, I'm going to see what actually I'm going to do it because spirit got me here for a reason. Right. So I just continued. Yes. I love that. Oh, that's a great story. I love it. Thanks for sharing. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I have to ask this question because I've heard in the past that there may be a connection between autism and spiritual, spiritual children or spiritually gifted children, if you will. Have you noticed that connection? Okay, great. Can you elaborate (laughs) on that? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Um, Well, yes. So before I even wrote the book and and while I was doing research, it all clicked. You know, it's one of those things that you knew something was going on, but you weren't really for sure. So whenever I worked with young, young kids that were nonverbal, and I was trying to figure out, especially during their meltdowns, and I'm going, okay, what do you need? How can I help you? And it's almost like I knew exactly what the child was needing. And I'm going, how? (laughs) And then through the research, I found out that a lot of the kids can communicate telepathically. And I went, oh my gosh, that makes perfect sense. Because I knew, you know, when you just have that knowing of what a child needs, 
Um, and then there were a lot of times whenever I uh, would test kids, I give them an IQ and achievement test. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they would be getting the right answer because I, and, I, and then I figured out, okay, I'm having it in my mind. So I would switch my answer whenever I was thinking and they would say that answer. So I had to learn how to really clear my mind because they were doing that telepathic thing even when they were being tested. So our energies would really connect. But while doing the research, um, I found out that, yes, a lot every child has angels They have spirit guides around them, you know, like everybody else. Mm -hmm. But if you're a special need child, you will have even more so because there is more protection. And getting back to, you know, the indigo children and the crystal children, indigo children were, you know, created in the 60s, um, that term was. And then from the indigo child became the crystal children. Well, the crystal children were a lot of children born after the 1995, um, and Doreen Virtue is the one that um, created this term. And she said a lot of the crystal children have been diagnosed with autism because they have a lot of the gifts of bring, you know, trying to bring love to the planet. And what I also saw through these children is that they can see you know, the earth energy, you know, the grids, you you can see the different grids and the geometric, the the sacred geometry. I believe the kids with autism, they have that special gift to see uh, different frequencies, different lights, different dimensions. Because when I would work with a child too, they would a lot of times would gaze off and they would just start laughing. Like they, somebody said something funny and I'd be going, what are you looking at? And what are you laughing at? (laughs) So I'd start laughing with them. So you know that they are connecting in. They may not be able to tell you that, but you can actually see whenever they do. That's so fascinating to me. Now, have you worked with any of the parents to try to work with their children telepathically? And has there been any success with that? I have not because the, a lot of the parents are not at that point where they feel comfortable with doing it telepathically. So eventually, I think with more education, they will eventually get there, oh, if that makes awesome. any sense. It's like... Absolutely. Oh, I can see a lot of progress being made here and uh, a lot of answers coming forth in the future. I certainly hope so. I certainly hope so. Because again, knowledge is so important. And then that fear is kind of lifted off whenever, you know, it happens. And growing up in Texas and the Bible Belt, you know, I think I I think with this energy shift right now, I can see people are beginning to open up and are searching for something more spiritual. So I think with everything happening, I think we are going to have a lot of people that become spiritual aware and have their awakening. I completely agree with you. I know that the energy on the planet is shifting and more and more people are waking up, if you will, every day. So I think there are some going to be some really beautiful, amazing things that are going to come about. I'm excited. I am too. I totally agree. Yes, yes. <laughs> 
Can you tell me a little bit about how an empath or any other type of light worker or healer can best support these types of families? Oh, oh, absolutely. And, um, and it's very interesting that you asked that because again, it's just a lot of people just need somebody to listen to them and not really look at them like they're crazy. (laughs) And so I think as a light worker, and I think we all need to find people that are going through the same thing that we're going through. So I think it's really important for these families to connect with one another. Because I know a lot of children who are diagnosed with autism these parents found each other. I mean, there's such a strong bond with these parents. And I think it's the same thing with these kiddos that are showing their gifts that parents really need to find each other and have that support and go, I am not alone as a parent, especially if they have not um, experienced it themselves. Yes, exactly. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, absolutely. I have to say, I really thoroughly enjoyed your book, The Spiritual Nurturing for Intuitive Children. You know, I've studied a lot of this, the information that's in the book. And I was thinking I'm, as I'm reading it, not only is your book just absolutely wonderful for families or parents that have gifted children that they, you know, want to really help develop their gifts or get a better handle on their gifts, but even for adults or just people in general that um, want to learn a little bit more about spirituality and how to work with their spiritual gifts. So I really enjoyed that. Well, so thank, thank you. you so much. Yes. Well, thank you. I wanted to tap into some of the information that you have in there, such as why is yoga so beneficial? Could you expand upon that a bit? Absolutely. I love yoga. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'll explain why in a little bit, but I'll answer your question first. So whenever you do yoga, a lot of the children, if they learn yoga or if anybody learns yoga, you really learn how to feel the different energies. You start feeling your own energy and you can see what the difference is. You can also help ground yourself, make sure that, you know, a lot of times if you tap into spirit all the time, you become kind of flighty, I guess you could say. So it Mm -hmm. kind of helps ground you. Um, It also helps balance your chakras. So, you know, we have different energy points and it really helps balance them. And that really affects, you know, how you feel in life as well. And then for children, especially, it teaches them how to breathe. So when you're doing yoga, it really slows things down. It slows down your mind. And that way you can really tap in. And a lot of times people will either pray, they'll do mantras whenever they're doing meditation. Anyway, but yoga kind of leads you to that meditation. So if you can slow, because whenever I do, okay, so whenever I do yoga, Uh, My meditation sessions are so much more powerful because I think I open myself up more because you have all that stress, you know, between the joints and, you know, and as you're connecting in, you change to meditation. It's just, it's just a wonderful experience. Yes, yoga has so many different wonderful benefits and yoga for children. I wish more people would embrace that because I know it's so beneficial and One of those benefits that I was reading in your book is actually the children can really get familiar and comfortable with the energy around them, as well as um, gain more of a sense of self-control. Is that correct? 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and um, we really need to remember how to teach children yoga is so different than what we would teach adults. So with children, you know, you need to incorporate that music, their imagination through storytelling. You know, it's like you find these poses that they can relate to and have fun with it. But yeah, so, so a child that has a lot of not being able to self-control themselves they'll learn how to do it through yoga. And it's just that energy that they learn how to work with and it helps balance them. And I think that's why a lot of kiddos will uh, sign up for karate because karate is basically, you know, you're working with that energy, you're working with the different moves. Mm -hmm. It's basically the same concept. Right. Yes. I love that. I think they should have yoga in school versus some of the other things that they have in, for example, PE Right? It would be a Wouldn't totally be different place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it would be so peaceful. <laughs> I agree. Now, getting back with children with autism, they do not like PE. I mean, that's one thing that, um, you know, is real common along kiddos under the spectrum. And so if you have something like yoga and it's very soothing, it's very calming, you know, and they can, and you can adapt it for them, it would be wonderful. Right. Yes. Your book is also packed full of other wonderful things too, such as it goes over the clairs and there's chakra information in there, how to work with your chakras, um, mindful coloring. I believe there's mindful coloring, a page or two of that as well. Can you talk about what we might find in the book? Oh, absolutely. Um, exactly what you just said. And the reason why I went ahead and included the terms, um, a lot of medical metaphysical things in there. It's because a lot of parents may not, or a lot of light workers may not know all of this information. So it's almost, you know, getting that knowledge down. But yeah, so um, it also talks about how you can teach a child to, like when we doodle, okay, your, your subconscious kind of gets out of the way so that you can get information flowing. And so you can teach a child how to doodle. And that's kind of how, how I started as well. And spirit will just come in because you're not thinking, you're doodling, you're, and you can also have a spirit come in and help you doodle as well and get information that way. Um, it's almost like, and I tell people, it's almost like dry, driving. Sometimes when you drive a car, you know, it's kind of scary, yes. but you think that way <laughs> and and you get the best information or you can tackle a problem while you're driving, of all things. Um, so, um, but, and then also what you were talking about, the orographs, you can teach a child how to do psychic readings by using cards and you, they can develop what's called a storyboard orograph. And, um, and it's just teaching them how to use symbols and, you know, different things. So, yeah, so there's a lot of good exercises, but as a child, they complete these exercises. They also need to do this with the parents, especially when they're younger, because if the parent is involved, they'll do all of these activities with their child. And that's what's important because the, the parent will understand, well, I need to do this with, you know, with my uh, daughter to help her, you know, strengthen her psychic abilities. Now, when they become teenagers, a parent may not be able to do the same activities as their teenagers do. But at that time, hopefully their teenagers will find friends that they can 
do these activities with. Right. Oh, well, I just thank you so much for sharing the information in your book. And I'm just so excited that there is a book out there for parents that can really help guide them along the way. And one important aspect that I left out is it's not just for parents. It's also for light workers. So there's information with, within the book that light workers or um, spiritual teachers can use as well to help work with intuitive children, right? Absolutely. And coming from a background um, of, you know, finding information in the home, you know, talking to the parents, interviewing, um, it's almost clinical. So I tried to stay away as much clinical as I could, but it also teaches the light workers, well, what questions do you need to ask the parents to get the full picture of what's going on? And then in the very back, there's case studies. And I love doing case studies. And what these are, it takes a child and it kind of explains um, the situation that the child is in. And so it, it kind of gives you a scenario. And then, you know, you then it shows what you could do as a light worker to help these families and what uh, family plan you could create. Because it's always good to get organized and be on the same page with parents. Mm -hmm. Because if you go into a family situation and a family has a religious background where they're not accepting of this, then you have to approach it in a whole different way of somebody who is very metaphysical. So there's several things that they have to really think through. and, And hopefully the book will help them do that. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Again, listeners, if you're interested in Michelle's beautiful book, it's Spiritual Nurturing for Intuitive Children. And Michelle, where can they find that? Where can they get a copy? Uh, They can get a copy at any bookstore, um, but I always tell them you can go to Amazon. That's the easiest way. If they're not for sure about the book, they can also receive a free chapter if they go to my website and they can download it. Okay, and will you share your website with us, please? Absolutely. It's www.michellehendersonmedium.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And Michelle, you are a medium. Can you I tell am. you are? <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about your ideal clients and whom you work with and what type of services you offer? Oh, that's a wonderful question. I just hope, you know, it's interesting how spirit always brings people to me that I can use whatever I've experienced in my lifetime to help them. So the purpose of being a medium or and a psychic is that I need, I really want to heal people and, and guide them on their spiritual journey. Because a lot of times they just need someone to listen to them and to give them guidance from, you know, the spiritual world. And so it's interesting. I get a lot of educators, <laughs> you know, and people who, yeah. So, so it's just in, and I know a lot of psychic mediums who will bring in people like if they've experienced, you know, alcoholism, uh-huh. they'll ha- have a lot of clients who have gone through alcoholism. So it's just very interesting. But with mediumship, I just, I want to help heal them. If I connect with a loved one and there's something that's not finished, or complete, or they just need to know that their loved one is okay. I love to do that for them. And it's not about me. It's always about spirit doing the healing. So whenever I tap in, I really, you know, I'm just like the communicator. So you don't want to kill the communicator, right? Right. (laughs) So so whatever (laughs) message you get. So the main purpose is for them to get a message and be healed through that and help them through the grieving process. Where when I do a psychic reading, 
it's all about them and what they can do to help themselves in life. So it's more of a soul to soul connection. Oh, I love that. Yes. I think that using mediumship to help heal people is such a beautiful gift as well. And especially for individuals that are really struggling with the grieving process. And boy, I know there has been a lot of that in the last couple of years. So if anybody is listening and they have never had a reading, you may want to reach out to Michelle because I can tell you, I can speak from my own experience that just hearing from your loved ones on the other side and knowing that they're doing well and they're just they're with you every day and they're loving you and it's, you know, you have so much support there. There is nothing more healing than that. Absolutely. Oh, I love how you said that. Well said. <laughs> yes. And I was at a, um, a holistic fair recently this last weekend and it had, you know, it, it had been slow a couple of times, but we had so many people that were want needing readings and it was just like client after client after client. So like you said, I think a lot of people need healing from this COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's one, one way that they're going about doing it. Yes, absolutely. So you can definitely reach out to Michelle for that type of service. I just want to put back out there because I find this so fascinating. At the top of the podcast, I mentioned that you have the wonderful gift of drawing out loved ones as you're doing the readings. That is so fascinating. Well, and I, that's exactly kind of as we were talking about the doodling, when I first started doing mediumship so that I could really tune in and really, because it's like anything else, you need to learn how to work with it. And so whenever I did drew a light and it's more of a likeness of a person, um, Mm -hmm. they would tell me what color of hair they had, what color of eyes they had. And so within 30 minutes, you can't really do a realistic drawing, but, but I'm able to get it close enough to, yes, that's, that's who we're talking to. And what's very interesting is they would always want me, and I'm talking about spirit, wanting me to talk, uh, to draw them when they're younger, you know, not when they're older. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so that would really um, help me connect with spirit better is doing the drawing. I love that. So just another wonderful way that spirit connects with us and uh, communicates Absolutely. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So do you have any parting words of wisdom to share with our listeners today, Michelle, as we're closing up? What I, you know, always, you know, say what I feel like I need to say at the moment. And what I'm really feeling at right now is because we are, you know, beginning to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I know there's some worldly events that are going on now. It's like one thing after the other, but I think we still need to remember that we need to, there's other things at the end of the mountain. We're still learning and that to love one another, keep ourselves at peace, take care of ourselves so that we can stay healthy mentally and physically and know that our loved one's spirit are the divine, they're there for us and that we need to keep the faith. Oh, that's beautiful. I don't think I could have said it any better. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Michelle. Yes, it's been a pleasure. I loved it. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. I would also like to thank you, the listener. I truly appreciate you tuning in today. If you are interested in more information on Michelle, reach out to her at michellehendersonmedium.com. I will also leave a link in the show notes for her website and her wonderful book, 
spiritual nurturing for intuitive children, training parents to embrace and enhance their psychic child's abilities. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, I would really appreciate it if you subscribe so that you will get notified when the next episode airs. By subscribing, it helps us gain more listeners. This is your host, Gretchen Smith, spiritual holistic life coach, Reiki master, and meditation instructor. If you're interested in connecting with me or working with me, you can find me on Instagram at Gretchen Smith Coaching or my website at GretchenSmithCoaching.com and on Facebook at Spiritual Life Management. With gratitude, until next time, namaste.